right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I will be presented by CarParts.com. Kevin fired up. One of our boys joins us today. And after the year we've had, man, it's going to be cool to visit him. Oh, absolutely. We got a fun ride today, man. Because, uh, you know, we've got somebody that you guys know, someone that we know really well. Uh, awesome guy, super big car dude. Uh, Brian Fuller, currently on Car Fix on uh, Motor Trends. You can check him out there. Uh, man, this guy is the who's who in television. I mean, God dang, we started, uh, I think, together on our first kind of TV gigs, I don't know, 17 years ago. We've been just <laughs> super tight buds ever since. But this guy has been on, I think, every car TV show imaginable uh, except for All Girls Garage. That's his next one. That's his. That's the next one. He's but, the <laughs> kind of guy that's going to end up on that show somehow. You know, <laughs> uh, I, I, I will have to ask about that, but that'd be funny, man. Somehow there's a, a sundress payoff. I imagine. <laughs> you know, yeah, he, he's either going to be yep, in his sundress or he's just going to smooth butter talk his way right in. You right. Know? It's going to be all girls garage and Brian, like right. <laughs> they're going to change the name or something, you know, like, oh uh, man, <laughs> this guy is a bright and amazingly talented man. If we go back in history, uh, you know, he was a biology major go figure, uh, and then decided, you know what, that's not what I want to do. And I'm proud right. of him for making that decision. One, for himself, and two, because we get to enjoy all the cool stuff that he's been building over the years. So if he had been a biology major, we wouldn't have got to enjoy half of those, any of those I things, wonder, probably. Hey, do you know at what point he said, nah, this biology thing's not for me, I like this car game? Like, do, do you know what that, that you know... That paradigm was that caused him to go over to the dark just side. Hopefully, just that moment of clarity, you know, it says, you know, this is my whole life right in front of me. I, I'm going to grab it. I'm going to leap onto that thing. And he just psh, went right to Wyoming, to Wyotech to learn how to build cars. I got a feeling it's probably something a lot more simpler than that. Like, you know, wait, wait, chicks dig cool cars. Uh, I think I'll, I'll build cool cars. Uh, maybe. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. Uh, that's one of the first questions we'll ask him. What was the what was the moment? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, look. Here's the deal. Brian Fuller joins us today. It's gonna be a good one. Two Guys Garage podcast on the 20th anniversary. Uh, we had a great time on the show, and you're gonna learn all about what happened, what he's building, and what's next for a man Fuller. So let's take a break. We'll get to it. It's the Two Guys Garage podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie Beers, presented by CarParts.com. Check out that mobile experience. Get whatever you want, need, drop right to your back door, your front door. Man, they got you covered. Seriously, any part, man. Amazing. 
So check him out, carparts.com. All right, here we go, Bird, our boy. <laughs> Brian, welcome to the podcast again. Again. <laughs> hey, well, man, you're welcome anytime. Yeah, welcome man. Anytime, hey, I mean. Man. Well, don't fun. ask me if you don't want me back. No, man, I'm glad you're doing it, bro. We love having you on. Uh, so, tell us a little bit about, you know, what's what's the haps. And, uh, you know, we got to do a really cool reunion show, man. And and for you, I'm sure that was uh, that was probably pretty cool, man, to see everybody you used to work with. And, uh, man, come back with, uh, I don't know, a little different view of it. Yeah, it's, it's nuts that that thing's been going on for 20 years. And really, you know, if you look back to the crank and chrome days and the shade tree mechanic days with uh, Sam Amolo, Dave Bowman, you know, that, that stuff went back like literally 27 years straight. You know, I mean, that's that's one hell of a run and the formula works. And you guys have continued it where, you know, you do your best to talk about cars. And but to me, really just educating people where you know, you walk away and feel like you learned something. That's really, to me, that's what keeps people coming back. Yeah. Amen. I think it's all about, you know, for me, it's the two factors. Did they learn something? Did they have fun? Right. That that's a winning combination. And, you know, we try. Willie's better at it than I am, but, uh, you know, I show up every day. I put my hat on, you know, brush <laughs> <Whatever>. my teeth. <laughs> you know, And we try to we try to teach some stuff, try to build some cool stuff and have some fun at the same time. And so what, what did it feel like being back? Because, you know, now that you're on Carfix, uh, that's a sister show uh, within our production company. So your your shop is, you know, just kind of right over there. And you can, you know, come by and sniff our shop when we're not around and you know, every time you're in the studio. So it's not like you haven't, you know, seen it, smelt it, been around it. But, um, you know, to be with the guys again, uh, did it bring back some memories, you know, and some nostalgia? Uh, or are you just like, man, I'm out of here. <sighs> Never looking back. <laughs> Don't want to work with those smelly guys anymore. Well, uh, you know. No, I mean, obviously, you know, Bird, me and you have been buds for a long time. And we're, we talk all the time. Whereas, you know, Willie, I haven't spent a lot of time with. We see each other at SEMA. Um, Dave Bowman is almost kind of the same way. I've seen him at SEMA and PRI and around North um, Tampa area where we film, um, you know, but Momolo, he moved to Alabama, kind of got himself a pretty cool cabin, like a, a nice retired man should. And he's playing around with tractors and the dogs and hanging with his wife, you know, from all those years of traveling. And so, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. I lost my dad at a young age and, uh, you know, you guys were talking about my bio and that's really what made me change gears and get into this world was that life is short and you need to chase the dream. And I I've been chasing the dream and, you know, not having a kind of a, a, a true father, you know, in my life for, for so long, people like Momolo, I really gravitate to those older car guys, you know? Yeah, well, I'd say you, you chased the dream and you caught it about 16 times already. So you're doing pretty good on that side. And, and uh, I think yeah, the dream I, put a restraining order on him three of those times. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I have to agree, man. Um, you know, earlier in the season, uh, Will took a nice little vacation. Dave came in and uh, we got to do an episode or two together, uh, just him and myself. And it was, it was just really fun. Uh, you know, one, because he's the guy that I watched, you know, as a younger guy, uh, you know, like you said, on shade tree mechanic crank and chrome and all that stuff and so i mean it's kind of mind-blowing in one sense that you're kind of standing there with you know kind of some heroes of your past uh just rubbing elbows with uh and then like you said you know it's that that older generation that just has a different perspective a different heritage different history 
how they do things, how they think and operate, uh, kind of that father figure. Uh, my dad was never into cars, so you know I've got a similar kind of pull towards uh, you know that that older guy that's going to teach me something. That's how I picked up things was from other you know pseudo dad car guys whatnot out there in the in the world. So I, I had a blast, man. It was just it was super fun uh, reconnecting with everybody. A uh, lot of laughs, a lot of joking around, uh, and some serious cool car building going on all at the same time. Yeah, no doubt. I was dying to see you know like me and. Bowman and Willie and Bowman, you know, work together. That was just such odd, odd company to put together. Um, but it was fun. It was cool. Yeah, man. It, it really is, man. It, it It's one of those shows you look at and just all the experience that's on there. And especially, you know, hell, we, we had to get after it there for a while, man. They got, they made us busy for a while. So, you know, just kind of being uh being there, getting after it is kind of like old times. <laughs> he was like, "Wait, you're I'm I'm supposed to be a guest, and <laughs> y'all got me just grinding, welding, cutting, torching. All right, what do you need? All right, I'll go fab it up. <laughs> like, man, you got you got after it quick. I'm the opposite. I hate sitting around. Like, I, I can't stand it. It just drives me bonkers. You know, luckily in most of the TV I've been able to do, we we they keep us busy. Like today on Carfix, you know, we're on one side, we're completely tearing apart, re-ring, pistons, cam, uh, everything on an LS, which was a lot of fun. And, you know, I was kind of late to the LS party. So, you know, we do a lot of those in the shop, but somebody else is doing them. I'm not doing the, I'm a fabricator, you know, like I'm more likely to build you a fender than tear a motor apart personally in my day-to-day life. And so, like, it was cool to get my hands in it. And, man, what a simple powertrain. Um and then on the other side of the set, we've got a like crappy 305 uh, swap going on and an 85 Cutlass for Miguel, who edits our shows. So, you know, we got it was hilarious. And then we're pulling out electric car on the side. Um, anyway, it, it was a crazy day. You know, but what would you consider? You know, you, you have all these different spectrums, right? You got one minute, you're you're pulling apart a you know a Tesla. Next minute, you're doing a 305 engine swap, and and then your elbows deep in an LS. You kind of recover a, a lot of generations there. What what is your wheelhouse? Where do you find, um, where do you find you, you're most happy when you're working on kind of what era type car or building, uh, what piece of equipment, machine, or, or or motorcycle for that matter? I mean, me personally, I'm an old 30s to 50s kind of American classic car guy, hot rods, 32 Fords. You know, I just stumbled this week on uh, a CZ Top Copperhead clone, uh, which was a 54 that um, Pete Shapore's group, which became SoCal Speed Shop, built right before I started working there. Um, so that's really my wheelhouse. That's really what I love. But at the end of the day, like, I just love being creative and, and staying passionate. And after, you know, a, a lifetime of this hobby, um, turned into a craft i'm more passionate and more jacked up about it probably today than i than i was even back when me and bird were doing overhaul at working 24-hour shifts you know so now that you've got you know all these years under your belt all these different builds uh you know so many of them that you've done you know yourself and through your shop and then you know through tv shows and you know the overhauling convention uh any of those really stand out like what's been your favorites along the way it's always the next one. You know, Foos used to say that it's always the next one that gets you the most fired up. But, uh, you know, obviously that big hearse that we did Thundertaker was a 
a monstrous undertaking. <laughs> pardon the pun. Um, undertaker ring. All wheel drive. Undertaker ring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that all wheel drive 32 that we did, you know, that the double down, I mean, that was an incredible car. That's been on Forza um, as, a, as a game. I mean, Cannon got to play on together and he customized it. Um, you know, that the 3D printed motorcycle that we did a few years ago, the 2029, that was that technology is just such a groundbreaking, game changing uh, moment. Um, that really felt like kind of a special place. And then now we're doing this Tesla build, which again, you know, to me, we, we, I would say probably 25% of the people that post on my Instagram or I, I talk to like, that, you know, that electric is dumb and stupid. Like, it looks good, Fuller. You're doing good. But it, I mean, why are you doing it? It's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, man. So, so tell me a little bit about that one. Cause that, that is kind of like, wrapped up with what's going on not just in a little bit of the hot rodding world but i mean front and center in the oes right so you're building yeah. a uh what was it 69 69 cougar yeah, yeah 69 cougar yeah. with with basically the you know underpinnings from a tesla so walk us through that one for a little bit yeah i've been, I've been pushing trying to get a client to do this for probably five years you know since they came out and I really wanted to use, um, cause I had a good buddy, Nate, who, you know, um, who had bought one the first yeah. year, he was one of the first guys to get one. And, and I had, I mean, what do I know about electric? I didn't know anything. And I rode in a car early where a lot of car guys hadn't. And anybody who has not ridden in a Tesla or, uh, the Porsche version or any of the high performance electric vehicles, no offense, but you don't know what you're talking about until you've ridden or driven one you don't know what you're talking about and they're fast. They're quiet. They're it's impressive. And, uh, so anyway, I rode one. I'm like, damn, man, this thing is, this thing is pretty sick. Like I want all of this functionality. Like I want that big screen. I want the nav. I want the backup cameras. I want the power. I want the AC to come on when the car's not even running. I want the door handles. I want all it. And finally a year ago, I talked to somebody to let me do it. And uh, we've been, we're pretty far through it on 69 Cougar convertible. And uh, it's, it's been a really fun, fun jigsaw puzzle. Um, and I believe it's just classic modern American hot rodding. Take or hot rodding guys. That's always been. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm riding the fence. Cause you know, there's obviously a huge portion of me that's all about it. I mean, that's what I do for a living. I design engines, you know, and then do TV shows. But, um, you know, the engine is such a, uh, a living, breathing dragon, you know, like, man, the first time you build one uh, and you, you know, the first time you build something, heck, you could build a hundred engines and still be excited every time you fire one up. I mean, boom, you know, like, wow. You know, how often do you get that with, you know, doing many things in life, that whole creating, you know, almost a living, breathing thing. I mean, it's blowing fire out the, out the back end, you know, but as you're saying, uh, you know, with EV, it's a legit fast performance, you know, fun type of ride too. It's just different, you know? So, um, I'm kind of eager to get in my first, you know, hot rod build. I don't know if I want to do 50 of them, uh, but somewhere along the lines here, I'm going to have to just jump over and at least build me one cool ass 
uh, EV ride, whatever it is, uh, and, and have some fun with it, you know? And it might be 10 more after that. Who knows? Uh, he's so right, man. That's where it's going. We've seen a couple of SEMA builds. We, you know, uh, like you said, if you haven't ridden in a in a Tesla or a performance based, you know, electric car, man, it is it had knocked the earth, wind, and fire out of that gas powered machine, man, real fast. And you're like, what just happened? It's uh, those things can move, man, and it's uh, it's a lot less cumbersome than all those components, parts, pieces, all that machinery, equipment, moving, and all the points of failure and the traditional you know fuel engine it, it's crazy uh it seems simpler uh but getting it in an application like that god it's got to be when you first peeled apart that layer of the tesla and the second layer of it what was that like for you were you like shocked and surprised the whole time learning stuff each time well you know kind of going back to the the two guys thing like one of the, when i was on there the part that really made me excited was you know we'd have a, a we get to tear apart you know, uh, air compressor for an AC system. Like, Oh my God, there's all these pistons in there. There's a wobble plate. Like that's how that thing works. You know, next thing you know, we're tearing about a part of a brake booster or a, a master cylinder. And so, you know, one of the other reasons I was excited about the Tesla was to really dig into, you know, a car that changed the game. I mean, it turned every OEM on its head. I mean, Bert could tell you this more than me. And I was curious what the hell is in this thing. And I want to see what's in there and what they're doing. And, you know, there's, there's 14 computers. You've got uh, multiple systems of switching from AC to DC. And then you've got to go from big power DC to, to 12 volt DC to run your normal components, such as gauges and AC and like that. And so it's a really fun learning exercise and a very well-built American car, by the way, um, that I'm really proud, you know, to say it was built here in the States. Yeah. And I think it's going to be real interesting, you know, as it evolves, because you're going to start having, you know, Mach E's to strip from, you're going to have Lightnings to strip from, you know, Audis and all kinds of, you know, and it's going to be the same kind of deal where we're, we're really as hot rodders kind of sorting through the parts bin of, you know, what can I get my hands on and what combination of pieces and parts, you know, and the evolution of the aftermarket uh, where we're figuring out, you know, hey, do I want, you know, an Oldsmobile engine? Do I want a Cadillac transmission? And what do I make together? And what carbs do I use? And, uh, you know, it's going to be, I think, similar in, uh, you know, what's available to me and how can I juice this thing up? And uh, I think what'll be real interesting um, and maybe it'll never happen, at least for me, uh, for any cool car, traditionally, any cool car you walk up to, uh, you're checking out the car, you're checking out the lines, maybe you peek in the window a little bit, but you're really like, hey man, what's under the hood? And so, so far, most of the EV stuff, when you look under the hood, it's like, wow, there's something over here, and it's checking the trunk, I've got this thing mounted, and this thing, and it's never that kind of like, wah, moment where the angels sing, and you see this motor dressed out, you know, engine. Uh, so, you know, does any of that evolve to to bring us that that little extra layer of uh, aesthetic, that eye pleasing, you know, eye candy sort of thing, uh, or is it just a bunch of batteries under the bottom and you know some motors buried away and whatnot? But you know, that's a small piece of the whole big picture. But that's that's one that I feel like I'm gonna miss. But who knows what's gonna evolve, right? Well, you know, it's funny, Bert. We got to go to break, but think about this. All right. How long ago did you have your your BMW at SEMA? Yeah. Nine years? Yeah. So eight, yeah. About eight nine years? years ago, maybe? Nine, 
nine years from now could we be looking at, you know, people just started doing the LS swaps, right? Uh, we'll have to ask Brian when we get back from the break. Is it a decade out that most hot rod guys are going to be using the EV, the electric crate motors, to build their hot rods at that point? Or are we still going to be looking at LSs? He'll answer that question when we get back. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast, Kevin Bird and Willie B. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParts.com. Check out their mobile experience. We have our boy Brian Fuller. He's from one of our sister shows, Car Fix. Talking to him about this crazy new build that he's got going on where they've, they've really peeled the layers of the onion that is a Tesla, right? If you can imagine, a Tesla looks a little different, right? Definitely sounds different. If you've never driven one, it definitely performs different. But what is what are the key things about that car that make it so just enticing and almost intoxicating for a hot rider? Well, Brian, you got to pull back some of the layers, man. Uh, have you been impressed? Have you been blown away? Have you have you learned things as you were dissecting this thing? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if you know a guy who was riding horses back in the turn of the century when a Model T showed up, you know, and think kind of you know click it up and you know this guy lived on the farm he crawled under he's like what in the hell are you driving <laughs> you know and that's that was kind of the process you know it was just really digging through and figured out all the parts from the inverters gear reduction um you know charging ac how are they taking care of uh brakes what are they doing with air ride and um you know there's a lot of there's a lot of layers to peel out. We did an episode on car fix and tearing it apart and um, had a lot of feedback, you know, and, and to where we were going before the break, you know, it's, it, it's not something I want on every car and it's not a great use for every car. So do I personally think it ought to be in a, a 70 Mustang? Hell no. It's a dope. That's a dumb place to put it in my opinion. But you know, when you're like bird knows I had a big block, hopefully i'm getting it back but a big block boat right take my family out in the boat 427 side oiler 550 horse i think it's the coolest shit in the world the the women are in the back seat they can't hear shit. it's just i'm like aren't you guys having a great time they're like this thing is ridiculous <laughs> yeah but they love the smells no they love the smells <laughs> no though, right? i mean carbon monoxide unburnt and- fuel all the raw stink coming out of the pipes i mean that's the best part of a gas engine right yeah no there's um there's there's definitely you know some obvious and this is what's gonna be interesting i think there's definitely some obvious places where uh an ev setup makes sense and you go oh yeah okay that'd be great yeah luxury car smooth and whatever uh but it's gonna be interesting to see uh because even the even the ls swaps i know when i did my bmw like it was you know, it was very early in the swapping and, and, and people were like, what the, f-? you know, you can't, you can't, you can't do this and that. And, but you know, you, you bring it all together. Uh, you pop the hood on mine and it looks like it's supposed to be there. It looks cherry. It sounds awesome. It goes like stink and everybody goes, damn, wow, that's great. And the next thing you know, there's an LS and everything because it made sense. So what's going to make sense and how you, how you do it, how you deliver it, um, you know, whether it's you put it in a particular car, like you said, 70 Mustang, you know, my first instinct is hell no, that's not where it goes. But it'll be interesting to see the first guy that that does it really exceptionally well and does something unique with it 
that makes it its own thing somehow. And people walk away and go, well, damn, that, that was kind of cool. Yeah. You know? And I don't know if it'll be a 70 Mustang, but it'll be things like that where uh, people are going to push the boundaries a little bit and they're going to help change our minds on what our expectations are on on good and bad, you know? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, the, like you said, you know, 60 Cadillac. Yeah. Do I want that quiet? Hell yeah. I want the AC to work great. I want it, all the functions. 67 Lincoln. You know, any of the big cars. And I think one of the greatest um, candidates for this stuff are the old Bentleys and Jags and Mercedes that, you know, can be insanely beautiful, like body styles, trim, interiors. They're kept up immaculately, but they're actually very cheap because there's just nobody's behind them and they leak and they're hard to maintenance and yada, yada, yada. And that's a car you want to take your family out to dinner, take another couple out for dinner and it's quiet. And, uh, and so to me, like that stealth quiet is where, you know, that's where those cars can really stand out. Yeah. And, and I'm, and I'm with you there. And I think that's kind of the point I was making about the obvious, but then there's this whole thing where it's just dripping with performance. Uh, it doesn't have the sounds and expectations that we're thinking of, but it, it's got this performance thing. So who's going to put it where and spank the pants off everyone else that's like, well, I got a turbo. And it just gets rocked and you kind of go, well, so much for that turbo, you know? <laughs> Did you ever drive that that Mustang that that had the, the, the electric motor hooked up somehow to a manual? Remember that? I believe it was at your Ford booth last last two years ago at SEMA. Um but they had a some sort of electric uh, engine set up on, uh, and they backed it up with a manual, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, I don't know if it was a thousand horsepower, you know, new Mustang, but that's exactly what was kind of in my head as I was talking. Like, you know, I didn't think I would want that. And at first, when I first saw it, I was like, I don't want that. But then, you know, I think about it a little bit and go, well, who wouldn't want a thousand horsepower Mustang? <laughs> oh, I've raced, yeah. I raced electric shifter carts, man. Yeah, they're, exactly. They're insane, exactly. Yeah. So, Ah, you know, perceptions are, you know, easy enough to change over time with some pretty ex excellent execution. I mean, I feel like I'm just going on opposite directions, you know, like part of me really wants uh, a flathead powered 32 Roadster, you know, that beautiful old, you know, you know, it's just, I want it bad. And then the other part of me, you know, for the, for when I'm taking the family out, you know, none of my family wants to ride in that. But then, you know, once I get on the weekend or when my wife, you know, want to take her somewhere, then yeah, like, let's take the Tesla powered Lincoln. And I'm sure she would be like, oh, that's great. So quiet. It doesn't leak. The neighbors don't think I'm ridiculous because my husband has this loud car. And I don't smell. I don't smell afterwards. Yeah. You know, it's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where do you think it's going, Brian, as a guy? As an innovator, where do you think it's going? How many, you know, how many cars percent wise do you think you know uh, are being built right now? Five years out, and what your what's your forecast for ten years out? I mean, I think like you touched on, you know, when that was a hot thing and it was new. I think uh, you know, as an industry, I think we're pretty resistant to get on board, um, which is fine. And I'm not, you know, it, it it is what it is, and I'm not pushing for anybody to get on board that doesn't want to i'm a, i'm still an old engine guy I worked on one built one today but man um i think 
the real moment to me where it's interesting and I live in Atlanta, which is not a big greasy motorhead town to my dismay. Um, I believe it really opens up to a different clientele and it can open up the custom industry to a whole new market of people who are green friendly, who are not, you know, that don't want a leaky engine and they feel like, you know, a, an electric vehicle gives them more reliability, more confidence, more power, and a lot of, you know, things that they're just not interested in a big turbo, you know, big block, whatever that most of us in our industry are. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, it's going to be a game changer. The, the slope of that line will be interesting on, on how aggressive, how big, uh, how wide does this thing swath out? You know, is it, is it all encompassing or, or do we really have, let's say that, let's say the OEs just really, you know, start cutting, uh, ICs like hardcore next week. And, you know, five years from now, most of the cars that you can buy, let's say are, are kind of EV, you know, so it's already there and, you know, getting, you know, some of these old cool powertrains is going to be harder and harder as they get, you know, sapped up from the, from the salvage yards. Um, do we still just, you know, head first, just, you know, aftermarket and we just keep driving, uh, you know, these big gas guzzler engines for the next 50 years anyway, or, you know, is it a faster shift than we would think? And the next thing, you know, somebody does it really well. And when I, you know, when I say somebody, it's like, like Tesla did, there's been electric cars for a hundred and some years, but Tesla came out with a roadster and people went, wow, this is fun. And then they came out with a luxury sedan and people said, this is great. And it changed people's minds. So I don't know what they yeah. do with that truck, though. We'll see. Somebody's going to come out and, and they're going to do it really well. Like you said, whether they take up and snatch up all the old uh, Mercedes or Jaguars or others and just all of a sudden change people's minds with, wow, I never thought I wanted one of those, but now I do. Uh, it's interesting how wide and how fast this thing's going to go. Yeah, it's going to be a great transformation, personally, I think. And it's going to be fun. And, you know, hey, you know, right at the moment that we had disc brakes figured, I'm sorry, drum brakes figured out in the late 60s, we switched. You know, we were just getting, uh, you know, we were just getting naturally aspirated engines to that S5. Realized, hey, let's, we should probably add a turbo. You know, so evolution to me is just part of the process. It's fun to watch, uh, but it's crazy. You know, you look at Jesus. I mean, it's only a hundred years. It's only a hundred years. You know what I mean? Model T was was running around and changing the world, and now we're just in a whole nother uh, revolution already. Well, think about that guy at Kodak who's making the film. Going, man, I got still film. I got motion pictures. Man, I got it all. What more could you ever want? I can just capture whatever image and give it to you in a four by six, a five by eight, you know, a ten by twelve. And meanwhile, the guy over here is uh, developing the digital camera, and now we have it in our phones. We can take it anywhere. Like, heck, there's probably cameras in our refrigerators and this and that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, as cool as holding a you know a pic a picture in your hand, mounting it on a wall you know, was back in the day, look at, look what we're doing with, with digital. And, uh, this could be something very similar where we kind of bucket, we shuck it. We're not quite into it. And then, uh, we just, it's in our hand, it's in our pockets and our phone. And we, we, we're taking pictures everywhere. Or we're just, 
it just becomes the norm. And we're like, why, why did we ever have that gas thing, man? I mean, geez, I can turn my stereo up and make noise all day long. Why did I need that rumbly mm, thing? I don't Rattly know. Thing, you know? I, don't, I don't think so. Not at all. Yeah, not at all. Absolutely, totally disagree. And you look at, again, the flathead. Flathead was dead. Flathead V8 for Ford was done. And, you know, everybody wrote it off. Everybody went to the small block Chevy. And that was the shit. And, man, you look now, it's twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 to buy, you know, a nice built 250 horsepower, you know, flathead engine. And, man, I want one bad, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's, it's the most expensive horsepower you can find. Uh that's funny, man. Yeah, there, there's always going to be that nostalgia aspect to it, the people that want. Yeah, no doubt. You know, there's always going to be that. Yeah, exactly. So how, how big does it remain, I think, is my question. Right? Hey, I, I will tell you, if somebody was smart, in my opinion, this is just a few car guys talking, but I, I really believe this is the golden era of muscle cars and performance on the, on the internal combustion side. I feel like if you were smart, you might be able to lock yourself into a – one of these modern, whether it's a GT500, a, a Red Eye, or a, you know, um, you know, some sort of badass new C8 Corvette Z06 style, and hold on to that, because really, man, who's to say where that forecast takes us 10, 15, 20 years out? But I feel like these cars that you can get your hands on nowadays are going to be the last of the King Kongs, you know, the uh, the the big icy like. Uh, the Goliaths, you know, that that in, in in another decade or two when everything's electric and people are talking about the old gas engines, these are the ones they're talking about, you know? Well, that's, you know, you're, you're, you're right, but here's the problem. And this is the, this is where you don't see the future. You know what I mean? Not saying you, I'm just saying we don't see the future. And we're also at a game changing moment for how you build vehicles as a whole. So, for example, you know, three years ago, we did a headliner on an old 40 Ford pickup. And the way you would construct it, those are really bulbous and shapely. There's a lot of shaping that goes on in there. So you lay up on the top of the, the top with some nonstick tape, whatever. And then you basically fiberglass the top of the roof. You cut it into four places, put it back into the inside of the car, and then you glass all that Clico and then glass it all back together. Now you've got a fiberglass headliner that you can cover on a car that didn't come with one really. And all of a sudden, a few years later, we're scanning the inside of it and printing 3d printing that same headline. And where the point of the story is going is that, you know, in the old days, you would have to make these big molds and stamps and all of this stuff, which is somewhat you're still doing. But the, the tools that I have in a hot rod shop in Atlanta are getting closer to what OE designer designers have than it's ever been, not even close. You know what I mean? And so we're catching up. And that's where the difference is that small manufacturers like a Ferrari, they should be able to change out a wheel for every customer and print the thing before long. Buddy, hey, my I got a buddy in Sterling Sterling Backus. Look him up. He 3D printed a Lamborghini. He's been in all kinds of yeah. magazines. He's he's one of my really good friends. He 3D printed a Lamborghini. Of course, in the back of it, it's got a twin turbo LS in it. Hoorah. Uh, but still <laughs> 3D printed a Lamborghini. It's unbelievable. Um, so yeah, man, there's a there's is a lot to be said about that and where it's going. Uh, I don't think there's ever gonna be um 
you know, the, the lack of demand and, and desire for, you know, that old big cam, that, you know, big block of the LS and how cool that sounds. I just think it's going to, it's a part of our history. It's going to be there like the flathead's still there. Um, but, you know, 10 to 20 years, man, you're going to see a definite, you know, we haven't even talked about, maybe we'll have you back one day, but how mobility is changing. A lot of companies in Europe are, are selling mobility. You, you sign up for a, a price per month and they bring whatever car that you're in need of that week or that weekend. If you need an SUV, you're going to the mountains, you get an SUV. You know, if you want a sports car, you get a sports car. There's a lot of things that are changing nowadays and regs and rules tell you that you can't work on it, you can't change anything. So who knows, man? That's the great thing about cars. The good thing is is we're here to pick through it, pick it apart, and, you know, have fun with it when we do find out how it works. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in at least playing around. You know, where it goes from there, who <laughs> knows? But playing around is what hot rodding is all about. So, um, Brian, man, it was awesome having you on, as always. Um, tell us where we can find you a little bit more socially. Uh, Fuller Moto, the whole bit, man. Give us a scoop. Yeah, Fuller Moto is our uh, Instagram website. We just launched a new website the other day. I think it turned out pretty nice. Um, obviously, Car Fix on Motor Trend and, uh, you know, our shop in Atlanta. Appreciate you guys having me, man. It was fun as always. We'll have you on the next uh, anniversary episode here. So stay healthy, man. We gotta go to we gotta go to thirty. There you go, man. Don't forget about our show every weekends on the Motor Chin Network. Check your local listings. Also available on Motor Chin on Demand, which is a great resource, a great way to find us. Uh, thanks to our guest Brian Fuller. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Our producer Scoop and executive producer Bob Ecker. Yeah, don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com. Share your thoughts with us on social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Guys Garage. The Two Guys Garage podcast is copyrighted 2021, Britain Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. Right on, Fuller. Hey, thanks for the time, brother. I, I, I'm anxious to see where you take that uh, Cougar, man. Out of all the cars to build, that was a that's a wild choice. It's going to be pretty damn cool when it's done. You know, we're just we're kind of dri- driven by what the customer decides. But it's actually, you know, it's a, it's a car that hasn't been built a lot of. And I think um, our painter is pretty badass. And, uh, man, that black is going to be – I'm really, really pumped to see how he lays out some – just nasty straight paint on that thing sick sick we'll be looking forward to that man as always bro it's great catching up with you man all right fellas have a good time all right all right b take it easy man hope you guys had a good time i know i did we'll see you guys on the next two guys garage podcast two guys garage podcast is a production of britain productions for more episodes visit iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite shows